Hello, Timo Hoyer, one of the co-founders of Xerox Next, the creative studio behind Mercedes-Benz Web3 initiatives, where we innovatively blend blockchain technology with digital objects. I'm here on edge of NFT, featuring the innovators in the digital and physical art space. Keep listening. Hey, NFT curious listeners, stay tuned for today's episode to learn how a 130-year-old luxury auto company like Mercedes-Benz seamlessly onboarded their top car owners into the Web3 space. And what unexpected prized possession that lives in our guest kitchen has changed his life? And lastly, Forbes now notes NFTs are alive again and growing over the next four years. But where they ever did? And yes, it's official. You can dive into the captivating world of artificial intelligence with the Edge of AI podcast. Join us as we explore the frontiers of AI and its impact on our lives. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Twitter at Edge of underscore AI and LinkedIn for exciting updates and insights. You can also visit our new website, edgeofai.xyz. Welcome to the Edge of NFT, the podcast created by Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of Web3 today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts of the business side and also the human element of how Web3 is changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Timo Hia, one of the co-founders of OXNXT, the creative studio behind Mercedes-Benz Web3 initiatives under Mercedes-Benz NXT. Timo specializes in enhancing the collector experience. His previous professional experience, including innovation consulting boutique TLGG, a startup incubator, a corporate venture, and several creative agencies. The launch of Mercedes-Benz NXT is a significant step demonstrating a long-term commitment to the Web3 community. It's not just about making a statement, it's about innovatively blending blockchain technology with digital objects, impacting every brand and product in Mercedes-Benz portfolio. Pleasure to have you today. Thank you for having me. This has been uh, one of those shows that I've been looking forward to. And I don't know if you know the backstory, but I basically was in Dubai or and had an hour cab ride with a gentleman that you know in Germany. And he was mm-hmm. just so excited about what you all were doing that he introduced us together. He's a, another journalist, went all in on a print magazine. So, and I got a couple copies of those in German sent to me when I got back from <laughs> Dubai. They're really cool to see that collaboration that you did. Yeah. Shout out to Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for the introduction. And now a brief interlude from today's show so you can get ready to wave your magic wand with Cast Magic. Our team saved a ton of time and money using Cast Magic for our show, and the potential use cases are boundless for any company creating content. Imagine turning a single recording into a gold mine of engagement. For any type of show, webinar, or other type of audio and or video content, whether it's short or long, with Cast Magic you can save over 20 hours a week. No more tedious transcribing or brainstorming social media posts. Cast Magic does it all, generating show notes, summaries, blog posts, and even newsletters in minutes. Think of it as your content alchemist, transforming every audio or video into a treasure trove of valuable content. Want to experience the magic? Get a seven-day trial on us by going to bit.ly forward slash CastMagicReferral and join CastMagic's vibrant Slack community of over a thousand innovators. Don't just create, cast your magic with CastMagic. 
I guess you just got back from quite a road trip as well. You're in Miami and LA and all over the US. What inspired that trip? Yeah, we went to be part of the Gateway, which is an NFT side event organized by NFT Now. And we had a gallery space there, also did a panel together with Ben Roy. And yeah, we showed what we are up to and what our ecosystem looks like at the moment. And also gave a little perspective on what digital collectability in our view could mean in the future. Very cool. Yeah, Art Basel is such a key part of the art scene. It's been great to see more emphasis there on digital art over the last few years. I think the, the yeah. fine art side of Web3 has really taken over that event. And it's been really a meaningful sort of conglomeration of everyone who's anyone in sort of the art side of things and brands and whatnot. It sounds like a lot of fun. Well, let's kind of start at the beginning with sort of this really fascinating journey of Mercedes-Benz into the Web3 space and what sort of inspired the next initiative, recognizing sort of how important digital art and collectibles are to the online world. What made Mercedes-Benz get into this space and how did you fit into the equation? Mm -hmm. I think the basic insight was that people spend more and more time in virtual worlds, digital environments, but also that physical and the digital realm is merging more and more. And we were thinking about a way to incorporate that in a company like Mercedes-Benz that is very technology-driven and innovative, and of course wanted to participate in that development as well. I think that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is a very personal one, how I and the team, we have three more co-founders of our creative studio, Zero X Next, ended up there is through passion. We became NFT collectors in 2021. One of our co-founders a little bit earlier than the other three. And we just loved collecting NFTs and exchanging on Discord and being part of the community. And when the discussion within Mercedes-Benz started, also way before that, even there were these, as always, these small pockets of activity, even before the Creative Studio was founded. But when the discussions within Mercedes-Benz started, we were there and we took it up and we, in the end, founded what is now the creative studio Zero X Next and the brand that is Mercedes-Benz Next. And yeah, it is a vehicle to kind of make this iconic brand part of this cultural development that is digital art, digital collectibles. And we do that for Mercedes-Benz, but also the other brands, AMG and Maybach. Wow. That's so awesome. Like Mercedes-Benz has been around for over 130 years, constantly innovating, constantly making yeah. better and better cars. And to see the Web3 space as an opportunity and to actually do something about it, I think is really cool. And the fact that you're being a part of this and, and getting to lead this is so awesome. So how is Mercedes-Benz Next translating its rich legacy of collectibles into digital space? Mm -hmm. In many ways, one, and I think that's the most obvious, is what you can see behind me is our collection called Mercedes-Benz Next Icons, which is basically a journey through this, you said it, more than 300-year-old history and the heritage that comes with it. And Mercedes-Benz is a 
company founded by engineers and very rooted in designs and many of them icons. So that felt really natural to us to celebrate this heritage with digital collectibles. But of course, also there are many, many more things. Maybe we can talk about that later. Like we're doing in-car stuff as well. So there's a lot where the heritage translates into digital art and collectibles. But I think that what is behind me is the most obvious. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Excited to get into that. But yeah, let's start by just walking us through your three core collections. Sure. We started in June and the first core collection that we did was Machine. It was a collaboration with a very renowned artist in the crypto and also digital art space, Aham van den Doppel. And we did that together with a DAO, Fingerprints DAO, which is a collector's DAO. They have a huge collection of autoglyphs, for example, one of the OG projects in the crypto art space. And that first core collection, Machine, is basically, of course, code-based, it's generative, and it covers and explores topics like velocity, motion, and movement. So it ties, of course, to a company that is about movement, Mercedes Benz, but is not the typical branded project that other brands would start with. So that was the first thing that we did. The second core collection is called Eternities. And there we specifically target the top customers of Mercedes-Benz to onboard them into the NFT space. So how we do that is we came up with a customized user experience because we thought that they might not have a wallet, but we want to include them and give them kind of a key to our ecosystem. So we came up with a customized solution together with a startup from Berlin, where we designed these kind of look like ship cards, like a credit card would look like. And these are actually hardware wallets with an NFC ship inside. And when you tap them against your phone, a wallet is created automatically. And you can do all the things like seed phrase and extracting NFTs, et cetera, later. But at that stage, the wallet is created and the NFT is automatically dropped into that wallet and shown within the app. So from a user's point of view, the experience would be you get the card, you tap it against the phone. And then there are like, of course, in the background, technical processes happening, but you would just see your NFT on your screen and for that, together with Gordon Wagner's team, who Gordon Wagner is the chief design officer of Mercedes-Benz, we designed digital jewelry, digital diamonds, let's say. That's how they look like. And each is numbered and they are unique and yeah, they are dropped in the newly created wallets. And then you can do whatever you want with them, but you can also get a min pass for our third core collection with it. And maybe... One more thing to mention is that there are only 1,086 of these Eternity collectibles because first, that number is the year the first Mercedes-Benz car was patented. And secondly, we wanted to give it like really to the top of the top customers. So we are going to do that and already did at a few events. We're going to do that at events. And that also for us helps in onboarding these 
top customers because personal interactions are always easier than purely digital experiences, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. It's kind of like giving them the keys and they just turn on the car, right? Yeah. Um, it's a pretty seamless experience. Yeah. I'm really curious how they reacted to getting their first NFT. What were some of those like moments like? Because you got, to, it sounds like you experienced them in real life, which is really cool yeah. to, because I would want that. If I spent all this time and energy creating this really incredible onboarding experience, you got to see mm -hmm. it and yeah. for yourself. So what was it like? That was really nice. We also have a box, so it's it has a nice packaging. And the first event that we did was in Singapore, and everybody was really tech-savvy there. Everybody knew how to tap something against the phone, how to download apps, etc. So that was a very smooth process. And the reactions were really good. They were like, okay, nice. This is something, even for them, who some of them have like more than 10 cars, let's say, that was something special to have. And... The, the reactions couldn't have been better. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. As Josh said, I share that sentiment. I would have loved to have uh, seen that in real time and see that experience. And one of the things that you brought up and everyone listening, of course, to the podcast, always want to encourage you to go check us out on YouTube because there's some really cool things that you're going to be able to see. Just like the background that Timo has with showing some of the various mm -hmm. Next Icon series. Can you give us a little bit more of the insights into the releases of yeah. that series. And I also, right after that one, I spent a little bit of time on the newest token powered project called the Era of Luxury and kind of tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the third core collection out of the three that we have. It's called Mercedes-Benz Next Icons. And it's the closest one to the core product, as you can see in the background. It is a journey through the design heritage of Mercedes-Benz and the way it is released is in seven chapters, which we call eras. And also each chapter or era is its own drop. And it started with the first era, era of luxury. The mint was closed end of 2023. And in early 2024, the next era, the era of technology will be able to mint. And each era has a specific time frame. For example, the era of luxury was the current production cars. So actually the models that you could still buy at your Mercedes-Benz dealership. And the era of technology is everything from 2000 to 2017. And they were designed by the same people who design the actual cars, headed by Gordon Wagner. So it's, it's the Mercedes-Benz design team that is responsible for all of these, and as you can see, they have different traits. For example, the, of course, the models. We have six models in every era. And the forefronts, the backgrounds, etc. And there are a lot of really cool Easter eggs, like the Erlkönig. I don't know if oh, it's on that side. Like the Erlkönig pattern, for example, which is on uh, new cars that you don't really want any photos where people can really see the details of and also like stitchings and fabrics that are in the real Mercedes-Benz cars are part of the traits that we have in the collection. And it, yeah, it includes Mercedes-Benz cars, but of course also AMGs and Maybachs as well. Very cool. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. So what's the next Mint all about? Like, where are we in this sort of evolution mm -hmm. of this digital collection release roadmap? 
The next mint is going to be the second out of the seven eras, the era of technology. And that, as I said, is dropping very soon. So, of course, you can follow us on Twitter to stay up to date for the actual release date. Cool. And have you found that these collections have brought new folks into the Mercedes ecosystem? Yeah, of course. We have our own Discord, for example, and we are actively engaging with these new collectors there, the, the new brand fans. But of course, we're also targeting the traditional brand fans and also, of course, collectors of physical cars as well. So that's why for the next Mint, the era of technology, we also worked on our website a lot and we will have credit card payment instead of only ETH in the future. We will have a wallet as a service solution where people can create a wallet very easily just with their social or email logins. So we are always working on making the experience smoother for people to actually be collectors. Timo, you're working with some really interesting onboarding technology. What was the process like in terms of deciding whether or not to build that technology in-house or to find partners? And were you surprised at the options that are out there to support onboarding? Mm -hmm. I mean, we are always looking at the variety of options and then pick the one that we feel fits best to our needs. And we, for credit card, for wallet as a service, but also when we designed the NFC-enabled hardware wallet cards, we looked at a lot of different companies. And for us, these services don't need to be invented twice. So, of course, we try to partner with the best out there and to then have a user flow that feels coherent. But for us, everything starts at the user experience, when we designed our website, the minting experience, for example, we started with what would we want in terms of a good minting experience. We had a Dutch auction for the first drop, for example. We also have fixed price option and we started to design from the user experience first and then look at all the options that fit there. And yeah, we're happy to partner with a few great companies. One is Yuba, who we did this card together with. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I know you're going to have so many more amazing partnerships into the future. And just going back to Mercedes as a company, there's two kind of words that I want to spend some time on for you to unpack. Mm -hmm. The first is collectability and that being a, a key concept about the intrinsic value of digital objects with the physical that is Mercedes-Benz. And then, of course, full transparency always. That's mm -hmm. a principle that's very vital to Mercedes-Benz. Can you kind of spend some time on the collectability side of things and then also how full transparency always really correlates to the message that you're trying to bring with doing this? Sure. I think in general, collectability is very inherent to NFTs. And it's also what got us started. So we are NFT collectors ourselves. In various chains, various different projects, I started with a lot of art blocks back in the days, but also we have a lot of PFPs also from back in the days, including CryptoPunks, etc. So also on the collectible side. And I mean, there are, of course, a lot of use cases for NFT technology, but for us, collectability felt like a natural fit for a brand like Mercedes-Benz that is known for being collectible. There are a lot of classic car collectors of in the world and a lot of people that also collect memorabilia from like old posters and other stuff. 
So that felt very natural to us. And what we mean by collectability is, of course, that the technical production is high class, that it's craftsmanship, that it's that feels authentic to the brand, that it also has a storytelling universe around it, for example, because like collectibles, like comic books, for example, they work like that. You are part of a larger story in the end. And also that they're part of a cultural development that we actively look into and seek, for example, like what we are looking at in the future are contexts in this cultural environment, let's say, where to put the icons next. Gaming, for example, is a, is a very interesting topic to us. XR is a very interesting topic. When you look at what's going to happen with the Apple Vision Pro that is hopefully, likely, I don't know, uh, coming out in January, it's gotten a little silent around it. But I think that's still also when you look at the Meta Ray-Ban, for example, it's really, really interesting what's happening there. So we are also always looking into how we can be cultural relevant with what we do. And I think these factors in the end make an item and also a digital item collectible. And the other part of the question was around transparency always, which is actually something that was part of our strategy that we developed quite early. Because when we were asked by Mercedes-Benz to develop the strategy, we asked ourselves, what would we want as collectors from a large brand entering the space? So we looked into what others had done, what works in the space, etc. And in a market that is very hype-driven and all about FOMO, etc., we wanted to be a little different and also didn't want to talk people into something, into buying something that they maybe later regret. That was one of our key principles from the beginning. So we said, how can that work? Or ask ourselves, how can that work? And develop the framework that we are still using, of course, that consists of different layers that are a little bit like hierarchy among the collections that we are doing. There are the core collections, and we already talked about the three that are out there, Machine, Eternities, and Icons. That's the top tier that is, they are part of a coherent story. They are planned and developed by us, and they are, in a way, all interrelated. That's the top tier. And then there is satellite projects, which are a little bit more fun. They can be more experimental. They are more one-time and unique ideas, but they also have a right to exist, of course. But we wanted to make it clear that they are a different kind of NFT collection that we're launching. And then there are peripheral projects, because as you can imagine, a brand like Mercedes-Benz also has a lot of things that could in the future, for example, be NFTs that are not 100% our own. So that's third-party brand usage. Let's say, for example, in a game where there's one Mercedes-Benz car, that would be a peripheral project. So that is a framework that we, as mentioned, developed quite early to give transparency and also to make people do good business or, uh, sorry, buying decisions because we believe that the community thrives when people really want to be there and when they didn't just FOMO into something and then maybe a few months. I love that. Yeah, that's great. And obviously, it's a great amount of responsibility to represent this critical, iconic brand in the right way and, and release things when it makes sense to release them. Mm -hmm. You alluded at the beginning, and I would be remiss if we didn't talk about it, this idea of 
sort of NFT technology related to the actual car usage experience. What are your thoughts on that? There's been ideas tossed around in the space from having a digital twin to your car that you own and mm -hmm. and sort of using NFTs to capture driving data and personal mm -hmm. data around preferences. Well, how are you thinking about NFTs when it relates to the cars that folks own? Yeah. I mean, of course, we are thinking about the the mentioned above things as well. One thing we actually have already as a pilot in the new E-Class is an in-car app where you can show your NFT collection. And that is something that we will in the future, of course, further develop. And all the other ideas, I cannot comment on them. <laughs> That's fine. So I do have one more question for you, Timo. I mean, and then we have another segment that we're looking forward to doing with you. But you're clearly taking a look around at what's going on in, in the Web3 space. And you've started as a collector. What are some of the projects in the space that you've been personally following that you're excited about? The first thing that comes into my mind is actually Bright Moments because it's a community also that we did an exhibition in Berlin with, but also that I was following way before that. And I love what they are doing, especially in live minting experiences. It also inspired our personal or our own live minting experience with the cards and doing that at events. So Bright Moments is, shout out to Seth and the team, is really a community yeah. that I really, really like and follow. Before you move on, I'll just mention the original Bright Moments was, is about five minutes walking distance from my house in Venice. And oh. one of our first podcasts back in, I think, April of 2021, we actually did a live show at Bright Moments with Seth. So there's some nostalgia there. I still own some of the OG Venetians and New Yorkers. And yeah, I met a lot of great people through the Bright Moments community in those early days. And yeah. one of their head developers is a good friend of mine that we catch up with and He's in his 20s. He's having a great time traveling the world and getting to be doing some really sophisticated development. People talk about the cool art collabs that Bright Moments has done and this unique community, but they are doing some really sophisticated technology development as well. Yeah. I mean, we got an insight into that when we did the exhibition together. And yeah, they are really a top-notch team. That's for sure. Yeah. So shout out to those guys. Sorry, you were saying? Sorry, the second thing that popped into my head is actually LinksDAO, which is a DAO that just bought a golf course. And I'm very curious to see how that turns out. And I'm a very proud holder. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it's, it's exciting to see what DAOs can do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're following a lot of the projects we follow as well. So very cool. Hello again, Web3 Curious listeners. If you're tuning into our podcast, we'd love for you to connect with us on our social media channels. Let us know what aspects of the show you love and what or who you're eager to hear more about. Your insights help us refine the show and bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Thanks for sticking with us. Back to the episode. Timo, this has been incredible. And I think we'll have to have you guys on again at some point in 2024. I'm sure there's a lot of new breakthroughs and exciting updates you'll have at some point down the road for us. Sure. But we want to sort of get to know you a little bit better. Rich is going to kick us off with our next segment. So next, we're going to get into Edge Quick Hitters, which is a fun and quick way to get to know you a little bit better. 
There are 10 questions and we're looking for just a short single or a few word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All awesome. right. Born ready. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Probably ice cream. <laughs> when your parents give you a few bucks and you can buy ice cream or Pokemon cards. That's all I can remember at the moment. There you go. Yeah, probably a mix of those both. Maybe yeah. you bought them both in the same trip. Yeah, now in LA, I buy a lot of that, but it's vegan ice cream. Like that's our thing over here in LA. Is yeah, every... and I appreciate that. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Me as well. Next time you're in LA, I'll hook you up with some of the good spots. Awesome. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Something self-made. When I was a kid, I did a neighborhood newspaper where I gathered all the cool things that happened in our neighborhood. And I sold that to neighbors for like a few cents. <laughs> Very cool. I actually, so that was my first job is I worked for the local sort of student newspaper for the county and I got to, I think my first news report was I interviewed the official witch of Salem, Massachusetts about oh. sort of her witchy sort of shenanigans. So that was pretty okay, cool. Okay. Okay. I also did an internship at a newspaper and my job was to write about the local, how do you say in English, in German, shout out to all German listeners, it's Grünkohlessen. It's like this old people gathering in a senior home and they're eating stuff together. And that was my first <laughs> article there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Cool. So what was the most recent thing you purchased? I could check, but I think it was a Apple Store gift card. Nice. Not a bad one. <laughs> I, I too use Apple for basically everything. So I get that. Yeah. Same. And how about the most recent thing that you sold? It's a very hard question. I mean, if we would include swapping coins, is that technically selling? Then it would be some random coin for ETH, probably. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Double down on ETH right now. Why not? Yeah. I think a swap is technically a sale, but you got to ask your local yeah. accountant. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So the questions get harder, but then they get easier. What okay. is your most prized possession? Maybe my collection of art books. That's something like that's valuable or not valuable. How to say like emotionally valuable. And apart from that, my rice cooker probably it's life changing to have one. Cannot come up with anything else on the spot. <laughs> I think the nice. rice cooker is a first, but I don't blame you for that. Like, that's pretty innovative <laughs> way to eat some food. So I like that answer. All right. So next question. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, mm -hmm. or experience is currently for sale, what would it be? Would be an artwork, I think, from one of the original digital artists, like Vera Molna, for example. Yeah. Definitely yeah, not work. <laughs> nice. I'm not familiar with that artist. What kind of art is that? It is generative art, but from the 60s. She started in the 60s and yeah, was at a time when computers were or filled rooms. And she was one of the first to actually think of this as not a processing machine only, but as something that you could use for art. And I think that's very beautiful. Nice. Yeah, super cool. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? Curiosity. I like that. Good one word answer. Thank you. Exploring <laughs> curiosity gets you to a lot of really great things. So great answer. It's true. On the flip side of it, if you could remove one of the personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? It's a very honest answer, but overthinking. 
Yeah. Definitely get that. I, I, that I, think, I think it also comes with having an engineering background, right? Like mm -hmm. it's just it's yeah. it's all the scenarios in your head. <laughs> but they lead to some pretty cool results. So it's tough. You just have to decide when to overthink and when not to, yes. right? When is um, enough enough? Yeah. Yeah. What did you do just before joining us on this podcast? I was on a call with our technical team and we were discussing new website features. Cool. And <laughs> what are you going to do next after the podcast? Probably use my rice cooker to make some Mexican bowl or something. All right. This rice cooker gets a lot of... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of usage. It's not sponsored. I'm not paid by the rice cooker uh, I, I, company. I, is it like an industrial rice cooker? I mean, it sounds like you're using it quite a lot. No, it's not industrial. It's for home use. It's very small, but it actually changed my life for the better. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. There's like an NFT series coming out in Timo's future at some point of just rice cookers. <laughs> yeah, well, rice maybe. cooker, a love story. <laughs> Right now, we have more eras of Mercedes-Benz Next to release before I can dedicate my life to rice cooker NFTs. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, we always like to finish with a cool bonus question. And today's is going to be about what you spoke at at the top of the interview, which was as you were doing your trip to America, what is the most memorable moment from that trip that you just had? The most memorable moment was actually the opening party of the gateway where we just had a gallery, like there were eight different gallery spaces there and ours was right in front of the bar. So it was perfectly positioned for the opening event and it was really nice to see the, because we didn't have the hoodies, for example, or any other like recognizable merch and was really nice to see people's honest reaction to the icons but also Machina they were like oh nice that's not oh I saw that before and like it was different to if we would have been identifiable easily for example but that was one of my favorite moments from that trip yes hi we love having listeners like you because you're not only generous but you're smart and you want to maximize the impact of your generosity donating money to help people can be a wonderful and selfless act but how can you feel confident that your donations are improving or saving lives effectively? You could do weeks of research to find the charities that are out there, programs that they run, how effective those programs are, and how the charity might use your money. Or you could visit GiveWell.org. There, you'll get a short vetted list of the best charities they've found at saving or improving lives per dollar. GiveWell spends over 20,000 hours each year researching charitable organizations and only recommends a few of the highest impact evidence back to charities they've found. Here's an example of how we at Edge of NFT make our charitable contributions go super far. Quick search on GiveWell's website, found their Maximum Impact Fund, clicked Donate, sent crypto to their address, done. Their Maximum Impact Fund distributes quarterly to the charities that they believe will do the most good. GiveWell accepts a broad variety of popular tokens and provides a simple way to document your donation. If you've never donated to GiveWell's recommended charities before, you can have your donation matched up to $250 before the end of the year or as long as matching funds last. To claim your match, go to GiveWell.org and pick podcast and enter Edge of NFT at checkout. Make sure they know you heard about GiveWell from Edge of NFT to get your donation matched. Cool. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for playing along with us. We have another last segment before we sort of move towards closing out, which is Hot Topics, where... We're just going to cover a couple quick things going on in the market and feel free to 
Join us in the conversation. Add your own commentary. You get to switch from being guest to co-host for this segment. Okay. Sound good? Yeah, let's uh, see how it goes. <laughs> all right. So Richard Timo, one recent news article here from Forbes is the future of NFTs. Will the market revive in 2024? So despite the long-lasting downturn and negative backdrop, such as OpenSea slashing half its personnel, the market is projected to almost double from $1.6 billion in 2023 to $3.2 billion by 2027. So that's a doubling over four years. The volume in October was the highest since the end of August and 38% higher than the lowest week in September based on Nansen's data. So there's a need for integration with real-world assets, regulatory clarity, value-based NFTs, addressing environmental concerns, and collaboration with artists, according to expats. So look, like I'm sorry, but leave it to Forbes to be the first folks to say the market is dead, and then, oh, the market's alive again, right? Like This is clickbait at its best, in my opinion. The NFTs were never dead. Like it was a shiny object. It was an experiment. Even folks like Eric Calderon that came on our show professed Snowfro, professed that. It's all been an experiment. And I think when you burn the midnight oil for like over 18 months, you need to take a little rest. You need to breathe a little. And the market's been breathing, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I mean, I think it's blockchain or NFTs a medium. So like with paper or uh, canvases, there are the Picassos in the world, but also the nieces and nephews that paint cute, but maybe not culturally significant paintings. And I think it's the same with NFTs to say NFTs are dead. It's just a nonsensical sentence to me. Yeah. And just to speak to that, like, yes, at the hype of just like looking at how big the market being from 1.6 billion, when you look at the entire art market, right? Just art. Uh, we're looking at almost $580 billion in all of art. So if you're saying that right now it's caught that small of a fraction of that, I think we're going to see more and more artists into the future, even if they have a physical piece, tying it back to some sort of digital asset as well. And so I think the call that it's going to be $3 billion in the next four years, I think that's understating what's going to happen. I think it has the potential to be much greater, especially as the companies that are sticking around and growing this NFT space are finding that true utility and getting true um, buy-in from their community. I think it has way more upside than that. So like you said, Josh, I think this is kind of more of a clickbait thing, but I think this market is a lot larger than they're portrayed in this particular article. Absolutely. Our next story, guys, is around StoryCo, and we should sort of disclose we own some of the OG NFTs in this collection. They were a partner for us at Outer Edge this past year. So excited about their Disco Ball release, which brings Hollywood and community creators together. So whereas most people think of NFTs as inherently interoperable and transferable, StoryCo has made story moments non-transferable or soul-bound for a particular purpose. The idea is that they're soul-bound because they represent your unique journey through the narrative but it also allows us to understand who's engaging with the story so we can reward those folks with things that can be transferable. So that's what JP, Alanis, Justin's brother, and the other co-founder and co-CEO of StoryCo mentioned in an interview. Most intriguingly, the Disco Ball and other upcoming stories from StoryCo will allow anyone in the world the opportunity to co-create alongside the top talent producing the story. And this could be included for an open call for a piece of artwork, a short story illuminating the background of a character, musical composition or voice acting. 
The first chapter contains several pieces of co-creation, including artwork by a Nigerian artist, art student, and an entire minor character created by a high school teacher. More is coming in upcoming chapters, including a full song by Fuzzle, an Arizona synth-pop band. So I think what they're doing is pretty cool. I think this idea of sort of soul-bound tokens and soul-bound NFTs is going to be part of the future narrative of the space. And co-creation is, is something that I think without the need to verify and trust is one of the more powerful aspects of NFT technology to allow people to work together across borders, to share rights, to share access on the blockchain. So I'm really excited just generally about what these guys are doing. Any other thoughts? Yeah, from my end, I just when we spoke with them and, and how creatives are able to come together and finish a story, I just see these opportunities being either picked up by Hollywood, picked up by all these people that can like now go and like turn this into a larger production. And now these people, by helping to do this, now potentially can get royalties for being creative and collaborating with these other people. And then eventually could potentially take the people and the collaboration that they have off chain to like be able to do more and establish really cool things together. So I think the process that they're going about with doing this is allowing for more collaboration and creativeness and then still giving people the props that they deserve while helping to formulate an entire thought. For sure. One more just interesting news piece that caught our attention. Following the recent news that Solana-based NFT wallet app Backpack will launch a cryptocurrency exchange based in Dubai. This was in covered by Decrypt. They added the former FTX general counsel, Kan Sun, to lead the project. And just to sort of give folks some background there, this is just weeks after Sun testified against his ex-boss Sam Bankman-Fried in the U.S. sort of government's fraud trial against FTX, and he cooperated with prosecutors and signed a non-prosecution agreement. This actually led to Backpack's NFT project, uh, Solana's Mad Lads, soaring to an all-time high price. So I just think that's a really interesting reflection of sentiment around folks associated with FTX, right? You have this gentleman that was part of that, that testified and sort of took the straight path. And now all of a sudden, he's there's some correlated value that's been created between him joining Backpack in their NFT project. So I don't know how strong a correlation there is there. Just a really interesting, maybe it could be a really interesting coincidence, but maybe not. Any thoughts there, folks? The only insight I have is it, there's a lot happening in the UAE. And I think that you're going to see more and more larger projects try to find ways to integrate into that marketplace and the alignment with Solana to be able to go and do that over there, I think makes a really good strategic play. I think 2024 is going to be a huge year of companies expanding more internationally. And a lot of companies are looking for different places to set up more spaces and the UAE, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, is a great place to consider for all those listening out there, especially now that Josh and I have spent some time out there and seeing like what's happening out there. It's pretty awesome and remarkable. Even for you, Timo, I don't know how much time Mercedes has spent out there, but might be worth looking into for 2024. But yeah, that's my only sentiment I'm, I'm going to share. I was there a couple of years ago. Yeah, I can totally agree with what you said. They do love cars over there. That's for sure. That's also very true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have questions about blockchain? Like... How big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? And does blockchain taste better barbecued 
or deep fried. <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Timo, we like to finish up with a shout out where you get to call out someone in your world that maybe doesn't always get the limelight, but is doing really important things that's made a difference for you. Does anyone come to mind? My parents. <laughs> I would have to think a little bit, but not on the spot, no. <laughs> All right. Shout out to uh, Timo's parents for inspiring all this creativity. Are they based I mean, of in course, our three co-founders at the creative studio, but they shared the light with me and everybody at Mercedes-Benz who works on these topics. Shout out to them. Uh, wouldn't be possible without them. Great. And this has been a really fun show. Really excited to see brands like Mercedes go into this space in a meaningful way. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and the projects that you're working on? Our website is nxt.mercedesbenz.com and we are Mercedes-Benz NXT, as in Mercedes-Benz Next on X or Twitter or whatever it's called when this releases. <laughs> nice. Well, we have reached the outer limit at the edge of NFT for today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on the Starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers. They'll make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to Edge of NFT to dive further down the rabbit hole and subscribe to our newsletter. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of NFT reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. Our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. From time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of those links. Refer to our website, www.edgeofnft.com, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, and privacy policy.